Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Drive. I don't wouldn't consider this breaking news, but it's Some certainly no name fighting uh, Daniel Cornflakes again. No, I don't even want to bring it up anymore. You always discourage me. I was just going to say that someone else testified in federal court today that they know about the scheme to pay Billy Preston and Silvio DeSosa. We have to act like it didn't happen. That. Kansas basketball didn't play with an illegal player last year or an ineligible player. I mean, that's a better way. Like, they didn't play with an ineligible player. Like, at some point, we shouldn't have a conversation about the Final Four banner coming down. But I don't want to get into this. The text line's going to crush me for bringing up facts because we all know Silvio DeSosa got paid to play basketball at KU. We'd have to pretend it didn't happen. But all right, I'll be the one to pretend that it didn't happen. Uh, The pop quiz was no doubt. Uh, who was in uh, No Doubt other than Gwen Stefani? That wasn't my guy. I thought Moby was in there. Mm. I thought it was Richard Melville is his real name was in there. That is not factually correct. Uh, I would have been shocked members, if you knew that. Gwen Stefani, Tony Canal, Tom Dumont, and Adrian Young. I thought uh, I thought my guy Moby was also in there. No, Moby if, was his own guy. He was. He but I, didn't he do a video with Gwen Stefani though, or something? Yeah, maybe they had their own. Yeah, little, I think you know, that's what little it was. collab. I, I, I didn't yeah. think he was in uh, No yeah. Doubt. I couldn't name any other person in No Doubt other yeah. than Gwen Stefani. Uh, right now, our favorite duo, our favorite group, which Joe one are you, Thorman and Pete Sweeney. Which one of you is Moby? The No Doubt of Chiefs blogs oh, over wow. here. Which one of you is Moby? Which one is you is Gwen Stefani? I'm Gwen Stefani. Okay. She's way more famous than Rich. I, I am not Moby. You don't want to be Moby? I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> All right. We have a uh, poll question up right now. Pete, I believe you've seen it. Yep. Who would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have Pete Jamal Charles or Tyreek Hill on your team? Joel a- Thorman. Amazing question. I'll take Pete Jamal. He what? touches the ball so often. I'm going the other way. I would, I'd rather have Tyreek Hill. I, I think when it's all said and done, Tyreek may end up being a better player than Pete Jamal Charles was. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we've seen it yet, but I, I think there's certain some, something to be said this year about what Tyreek is doing away from the ball. Like last game, yeah, he has 60 yards, but he's taking Jalen Ramsey out of the game, and, and sometimes that doesn't get talked about enough. All right, let's start with this because I got cooked by the text line a couple days ago for this opinion. Absolutely destroyed. I don't think the Chiefs defense is very good. I think that their offense is so good that it has clouded our judgment when it comes to the defense that the best defense this team plays is they score 36 points a game, that you have to score 38 to beat this team. That's the best defense that they play. Fanning had some stats about sacks, and they force turnovers, and they get off the field on third downs. There's no denying that. They give up a lot of yards that eventually turn into points once you play better teams and better quarterbacks, and This team is no better at stopping the run. They're maybe worse at stopping the run this year than they were last year. I think the defense is a problem and is going to only continue to be a bigger problem as injuries and attrition happen throughout the course of the season. Where do you guys stand on the Chiefs defense? Yeah, it's obviously a bit of a problem. Um, you know, they they give up a ton of points, but for me, it's so hard to evaluate because they they're up you know fifty nine to nine in the first quarter right. so far this I don't season. Think that's accurate. Like. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, in a game. I thought you meant in a game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so over like over the over the season, they they get up so much in the in the first quarter, and mm-hmm. they get they build these uh, leads so high that it's just it's so hard to to like evaluate like what what is good defense after that when the team's playing uh, catch up for so long. So, 
I mean, I think that's I think that's definitely part of it. But if you give me a uh, healthy Justin Houston and D Ford uh, getting after the pass rusher the way he has for the past couple of games, like I think they're they're good enough. Bob Sutton has said before that he changes up the game plan depending on situationally. So sometimes I think we're we're thinking the defense is going to be one thing yardage wise when maybe they're playing a little bit more off with big leads. I don't want to give him uh, too much excuses though because I feel like there also has been this mentality since Sutton has been in Kansas City. He says. You know, he said numerous times in the past, uh, their motto is you're in when you're in. And what does that mean? That means when you get in the red zone, you have to bear down and all they care about is stopping touchdowns, which, you know, you look at the third down numbers, they've done a really good job with. But at the same time, it, you have this bend but don't break mentality. Maybe just don't bend. And I just don't think the Chiefs, you know, when they're starting on the 30 or 40 yard line are the same as they are in the in the red zone to me. And, and to me, yes, the whole thing was dynamic duo, Ragland and Hitchens. Well, guess what? Reggie Ragland ain't even playing that much. I mean, you, you went in the offseason, you said, we're going to have this new attitude on defense. We're going to stop the run. You're not really doing either. I mean, yeah, you had the attitude the other day where two guys got ejected. But other than that, are you really a tougher defense? I, I don't think you are. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't trust the numbers yet. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't trust the numbers yet on this defense for a number of different reasons. I mean, look at all the trash yards that, that Jacksonville got at the end of that game and in the second half after they're getting smoked. I mean, the, yeah. the Niners put up a ton of yards when they were down 35 to seven or whatever it was, you know? So I, I don't completely trust. I, I look at the money down. Do they get off the field on third down? Do they get stops when they need to? And, at least, and to this point that they, they have, they did it in Denver down two scores, second half. And they had a three and out and Mahomes took them down, scored and they won the football game. I'm good with that, man. It's, a, it's such, it's such a different feeling knowing that you do like you have the offense to come back. Like you're down 10, you actually feel good against Denver in the fourth quarter. Um, and for the past several years, like the Chiefs have needed like a much better defense than they have this year, and it just feels like they don't need it as much this year. It's, it's, a, it's there's some adjustment. It's a weird style of football in the sense that okay, so say you're going to be up all these points, and let's just assume we're going to do a hypothetical right now, but say the Blake Bortles and the, and the Jags defense starts on the one yard line, and they run 99 yards on your defense, but guess what? That took 10 minutes off the clock. Like that's a win. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yardage isn't there, but if you're still winning the football game, so it's just hard. You you take all that into account because you're, maybe you're playing the game a little bit differently. Maybe I'll keep playing the devil's advocate here. I got no problem doing that. <laughs> this is the same philosophy the last year that we saw didn't work. Right. Like I feel like we keep saying the same things about the Chiefs defense, and then in the playoffs we see that it doesn't work, and everybody gets mad at Bob Sutton. Like I kind of feel like it's this cycle that we know their defense is a problem. We know Bob Sutton is a problem. We know this team can't really tackle a whole lot. But Mahomes is really good, and they score a lot of points, and the other team can't really keep up with it. So it makes us forget about their defense when we know they're going to go up against a team that challenges them better than Case Keenum and, 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 and uh, Philip Lindsay did. We know they're going to be tested better than a quarterback that turns the ball over five times on Sunday, and that's going to be the real measure of it. Now, I'm with you when it comes to garbage yards. There's no denying that. I mean, they're giving up 460 uh, passing yards I mean, a game. I mean, that's in, a lot. In, 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 you're talking about quarterbacks, though, in the, in the Chiefs' defense, and I'm not saying this defense doesn't drive me crazy at times, but they have faced a couple of guys that we think are going to be Hall of Famers, Big Ben and, and, and Phillip Rivers. So it's not like they're facing Case Keenum every week and C.J. Beathard and that crew. You know what I mean? I mean, we, let's put that in there, too. You could put the Chargers, Jags, Steelers, and upcoming Patriots in the playoffs this year. And like, I think the I Bengals think too the following week. I think the Bengals the following week yeah. have a legitimate chance. This Sunday will be a test. I mean, because Tom Brady, out of all the quarterbacks in the league, especially with this offense now, he's going to be able to stay neck and neck with Mahomes. And if it costs him towards the end of the game where – it reminds you that no punt game where there's not a ton of punts on Sunday and the Chiefs end up losing by one score and the the, the points are within the 30s and 40s. I think it's become abundantly clear, okay, maybe something different needs to be done here. And that's why I kind of feel like in this game, Joel, that 
I don't really know how to evaluate their defense because they're not getting stops in this game. Like, we all know, all of us listening, No, it's going to take at least 30 points to win this game. Like, you are not winning this game 28-24. You're not winning this game 21-17. Brady's on one side. He's fully got his uh, full complement of weapons. Sonny Michelle's been really good. Edelman's back. Gronk's back. Josh Gordon caught a touchdown last week with Mahomes on that side in the Patriots defense. It's going to take a minimum of 30 points. That means his defense still going to be giving up a lot of yards, still giving up a lot of big plays, still getting mismatched and exploited on the team. This this is a game of can your offense outscore their offense and is your offense better than Bill Belichick and his scheme, what he can come up with. That's what this game is about to me, not not about their defense at all. I think there's some truth to that. Um, that was kind of my first thought that this would be a uh, just how many points, how many, you know, who gets to 41st is going to win. Um, but Patriots seem a little different this year. I don't know if they have the horses to run with uh, the Chiefs the way the Chiefs are playing. Um, I, I'm very curious to see the Patriots game plan, see if they're finally the team that actually sticks to the run, slows it down, yeah. limits the Chiefs' possessions, gets first downs with Gronk. Like, I think that they may go that route and that you may end up seeing a 24-20 game, something like that, only because the Chiefs' possessions are just limited so much. I think the Patriots are one of the, the, the smart teams who, who will change their game plan each week. Uh, dramatically to to you know for, for for that specific opponent, and I agree. I mean, I, I think the Patriots are stupid if they don't try to run the football every single time. I mean, and then and then and then pass off play action. Why wouldn't you? I mean, the Chief, I mean, I, I was blown away that the Jags didn't stick to that last week. Run the football, use play action. You can gouge their defense for what almost six yards a carry. And Sony Michelle's been phenomenal. I, I, and and Tom Brady seemed like y'all had if, if it's about winning. So if, if it's about winning the football game and running the football helps us win, I'll do it. Yeah, Doug Marone, baffling, baffling week. I it mean, made absolutely no sense what they were doing offensively last week. Yeldon was, I think, for the first half, six points something yards per carry, and they go away from the run. And, and I understand, I mean, they got down a little bit early because you went for it on fourth down when it was 10 nothing. You're down two scores anyway. That didn't make any sense to me right at the beginning of the game. Then you're playing from behind the entire time. You end up throwing for over 60 uh, times I think it was Bortle. It just baffling game plan, and then now you're bringing in Jamal Charles because of Yeldon's fault. Like I don't know. I didn't really mind what they're. I mean, I didn't really mind going forward in that fourth down. I didn't like that they threw the ball the two times. Where I'm with you with when the fade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, 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 exactly. Like I hated that. What I didn't like about their mentality is Jacksonville. It felt like when the Chiefs scored the touchdown to go up seven nothing. It, it felt like Jacksonville's mentality was we have to win a shootout against the Chiefs. Jacksonville, you're not a team equipped to win a shootout against the Chiefs. Like, look at your offensive weapons. Look at your quarterback. You're on the road. This is not a game you can win a shootout. Sunday, New England can win a shootout against the Chiefs. I've seen them do it for the last 15 years with Tom Brady. And I think to your point, and this is something that'll be, I think, good for people to see during the regular season, good for the Chiefs and Andy Reid to see during the regular season, is the run defense is a weakness. All the Patriots are doing this week, all Belichick is doing this week is saying, what can I exploit? The run defense is the weakness, and it's going to be exploited all day Sunday. Bill Belichick ain't going to get away from what's working. So that's yeah. the one thing. At least you'll come out of Sunday, even if you do lose the game, which is possible. I mean, the Chiefs are going in as 5-0 and underdogs. At least you'll learn something about yourself, and then maybe by the end of the season when it's playoff time, you can fix it. I'm just, just go ahead, go ahead, Joel. It's just like the blueprints out there on yeah. on on how to slow the Chiefs down. The, I mean, the, the Broncos did it. Teams just haven't done it. The Broncos did it. 49ers did it. Jaguars did it for a half. Um, you know, at least at least like a little bit. Like like to 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 score on the Chiefs. Like I feel like people should know how how to address this game, but you just haven't seen it because you get down 14 14-0 in the first quarter. Like just everything changes. You know.
Yeah, I, I kind of think I know what the Patriots strategy is going to be against the Chiefs. We'll talk about it coming up on the other side. I want to get you guys' opinion on our Eric Berry return draft. When do you think he'll be back for the team? And the best player on the Chiefs defense is D Ford. We'll talk about him next coming up as the draft. <laughs> Coming up in just a bit, we continue to play the game that has no name. Who won last week? Pete, you won? No, I don't remember I who won last week. I think it was you, wasn't it? Oh, oh, I think yeah. Joel won, didn't he? No, no I was second two weeks in a row. 15 oh, last yeah, week. I forgot. You know what I mean? You, know, I you mean, were dancing in here. You were you dancing. Know, I mean, I'm a winner. I don't know, really know what else to say. We'll get to that coming up. I thought up. he actually forgot who won. <laughs> we'll get to that coming up right in, in 10 minutes. Uh, and we'll give you a chance to win a thousand bucks in our national cash contest. I actually want to ask you guys this first about my theory about Justin Houston. I think Justin Houston is going to miss significant amount of time. And I don't think they know how to tell you yet. I think back to the beginning with Eric Berry and Pete, you tweeted it today. It has now been 60 days since Eric Berry <laughs> practiced for the chiefs. 60. You guys remember when it started, it started as a day to day thing. Oh, it wasn't that serious. You remember it was reported that if it was a regular season game, he could play in the very beginning of it. And then the days turn into weeks and then turn into a month and now has turned into two months. The Guinness Book of World Records, loudest stadium the world's ever had stadium. This is the world record for longest day-to-day stretch. Yeah, day-to-day. And he's not coming back this week. He's not coming back next week. Barry's going to be out for a significant amount of time. You go out and you get Frank Zombo. You sign Nate Orchard, two guys that play a similar position to Justin Houston. Now, I understand about D4 and Tano. This tells me you are preparing to not have Justin Houston at least for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd buy it. I buy it. I, I could see him coming back in Thanksgiving. Um, same same with Barry too. I think it's going to be um, a little bit for each of them. I don't I don't know the specific injuries, um, but listening you know just listening to Andy Reid, you can it's, you can get that vibe. I always say go to the actions, right? So when he came off the field, I don't remember who tweeted it, so I, I I like to credit this. I can't remember, but someone tweeted he slammed his helmet as soon as he walked out the field. He Houston knew, did, yeah. He knew that uh, it was a little bit more serious, and then Garofolo follows up with the "this could be weeks." Instantly, instant, yeah, instantly. So to me, you know, you're looking at least two or three weeks. I would, I would guess because because I brought the point earlier when we talked about it. The text line was like, "Well, what about this? What about this?" We only hear about these injury informations from people outside the building. They kept telling us it was heel pain, and then Andy Reid moved to Achilles area, and then we find out from Mike Garofolo more closely what it is. Mike Garofolo had this a day later when it came to Justin Houston about the hamstring injury. They can tell me this. It's, oh, he might play on. No, he's not playing on Sunday. You went out there and immediately made moves at the position. This is not about Tano Passanio being out. This is about Justin Houston not being available for the next couple of weeks. And they they knew almost immediately. If you listen back to Andy Reid on Monday, very, very wishy-washy when it came to the outside linebacker position of what they were going to do. And then all of a sudden, you got Nate Orchard here. I actually like Nate Orchard. I mean, it's a little scary that this is a guy that didn't have a job for most of the year. But it was third team in what about three months? I love Nate Orchard. He, red flag. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in seeing what he can do. I mean, obviously, you'd rather have Justin Houston out there, but D Ford has been dominating. So you, you put Breland Speaks, who had the best game of his career so far last week, and you have Nate Orchard in the mix. You know, maybe you get by for a little bit. You know what it actually reminds me of, Brad? It reminds me of whenever Ned is about to send somebody down. Yeah. You can tell based on how Ned answers questions what's about to be the next move. Sure. He, he might not say, hey, we're sending that guy down to Omaha. I mean, you know what? I got to talk to Dayton. We got to. Mm-hmm. Anytime he says, I got to talk to Dayton, I got to yeah. talk to the staff, that's code for this guy's not about to be yeah. on the team for too much longer. Anytime they tell you they're optimistic or it's day to day when it comes, that guy's going to miss at least a month in the NFL. In, in, in Chiefs talk, it is, mm, well, uh, 
Well, Brett's looking at that. Yeah, well, Brett's looking at it, you yeah. know that there's something. And if it's, said, if Andy, it's on Monday and he says it's going to be a stretch and Andy speak, that means he's out about a month. So he'll, <laughs> he'll start he'll start practicing first week in November and he's back by Thanksgiving. That's my prediction. I'm just used to, like, coaches and GMs, they all lie when it comes to injuries. And they lie about so much stuff. You know, and, and part of it, I don't even blame them. You know, like, like why start something, you know, when I don't have to? So I'm going to be extremely vague. I'm not going to tell you the truth, and then I'll leave you guys to speculate. When the guy's ready to go, we'll get him back in here. But when he's talking and saying, well, Brett's been looking at that, you know, as soon as he brings up Veach's name and he's looking at outside linebackers, then you know that it's something. I don't care if you tell me it's day-to-day and we'll find out. No, it's not. You're going out and trying to hire other people. There, there's two people with the Chiefs who, if, if they get the name mentioned from Reed, you know it's trouble. Rick will get that to you, yeah. or Brett's looking at it. Those are the two red flags that says, okay, there's a yeah. problem here. Yeah. When do you think that uh, Eric Berry is coming back? I put my time at November 28th. I think he comes back the Wednesday before their first game. That's when I think he practices for the first time. When do you guys think Eric Berry's back on the field? 8-1-19. I don't think he plays this year. Whoa. Pete, I wasn't prepared for that take. <laughs> um, it, was, it was very matter of fact. He's I, not playing this year. I, I, just, I don't uh, think Pete had to think about that. Right I, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, he Reed was asked a few weeks ago. Speaking of like of flags and stuff like that, Reed was asked a few weeks ago straight up, "Will Eric Berry play, uh, play this year?" And it wasn't like yes. It was oh well, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, wh- whatever. Yeah, I mean that to me is no. He's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, th- I think he. I think he's back uh, at least practicing before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I've said, a pretty big window. Can I take yeah. that before Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's that's the popular one. I said December nineteenth. I think he's coming back for the last uh, the last two games. That's the bye week. Just as a heads up, that's yeah. the bye week. Thanksgiving is that the, the last date that that someone has said? Uh, yeah, that's the latest. So give me December twentieth. Price is right. Oh, okay. Price is right. Yeah, there you go. You go. You one up with them, man. <laughs> no, I just figured they got ten days between the Chargers and the game and the Seattle game because they play on Thursday night football against uh, the Chargers. That'll give them two games to get ready to go. It may change if Week Seventeen doesn't matter. You know that may move it back a week. But See, I'm- that's that's the thing. I feel like some of this, like how they how they're playing, probably factors in like a little bit. If the yeah. Chiefs are nine and zero, you're going to bring back Barry for your tenth game to go ten and zero. Like no. probably not. The like whole- I'm assuming more rest is going to be good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like why he doesn't need? What do you want to put three more games of wear and tear on his body and then lose him for the playoffs when you got to play him at Seattle on December 23rd? So I I, I think Eric Barry needs two games to get ready for the playoffs and that's it. And I don't want to risk injury any other way especially if you're in good shape see i'm kind of on the other side of this and i'm curious what you guys think of i think we're underestimating how hard it is to miss as much time as eric barry and come back and be a productive nfl player if he comes back for the last two games that will be he has missed the last 30 nfl games (laughs) man it's hard to not play 30 games and then come back and be the productive player that we all think he's going to be and this team might not even need week 17 they might already have either the one or the two seed or the three seed they might have one of those spots already locked up where they can't help themselves so it's a situation very similar to last year i just don't know if you can come off the bench and not play 30 consecutive games be really productive play one game and then be even close to 100% for the playoffs where you can realistically really change things for this team that's a great point. Most players are not the same, even like after a season, like even Wentz, uh, you know, he missed, you know, half of last season or whatever it was. Watson, I mean, still looks a little rusty. To yeah, me. yeah, no. Um, I don't know, man. Like m- maybe Barry's just getting a little bit older and it'll be different, but it always just felt like he was, he always came back to the player that he was. Like even at the beginning of last year, you know, before he got hurt um, or at the end of 16, whatever it was, uh, I mean, he looked like still like an elite level player. So, I mean, it may just be my optimism here, but I think he can come back and at least be impactful, give him a month. 
I think guys who miss the preseason sometimes. I mean, you saw Reggie Ragland miss most of the preseason. I think he's still trying to figure it out. Here we are in week five. Like, to me, that's a huge point, point of it because not only is it football shape, but Derek Johnson used to say this and always stuck with me. It's training your eyes. Eric Berry will have missed two years without having his eyes trained for the NFL. So to me, I think it does or would take a little bit more than two games. We need cool. a prediction for, for Sunday. All right. You guys want to do D40? We're going to go prediction. Joel, let me ask you I, first, who do you have winning? <laughs> this, I, is, this is a real test to see who you have winning. Come on. Week. They're only like three-point dogs. Of course I got the Chiefs winning. I'm 5-0 and at this point. How can I stop now? Oh, I can't argue that. The, the Patriots have lost to the, to the Lions. Um this year i could i got 27 26 chiefs i'd be stunned if neither team scored 30 in this one i'd be really surprised if that was the case what would you guys do with d forward i gotta tag him if he keeps playing like this i wish you you guys could have saw joel's face when i asked him like i don't know what it is about d4 that makes everybody like that when it comes to paying him i'm not saying i'd give him a long-term deal but you normally you normally don't let pass rushers walk in the NFL for just a, a compensatory pick. If they had, if if Tano or Tano or uh, Speaks had shown more, I'd be willing to maybe think about letting them walk. But you're going to lose Houston too, probably. You got to find a way somehow to keep D Ford, and I don't want to pay him ninety million dollars, so I'll pay him fifteen one don't, year deal. Don't be that team that, that lets another Khalil Mack like player just walk away. All right, he's now we're going a little Khalil. far. <laughs> he's got the most pressures in the NFL. You're I mean, buying I, into does, the hype. He does have one more game. He's got the most he does have in, one more game, but he's got, but he's got most, five more pressures in that game. He's got the most little tiny nagging injuries that make him I, not get the yeah. quarterback in the NFL. I'm coming well. around on D Ford. I was saying let him walk prior to this year. It's starting to get to the point to Carrington. What Carrington is saying. You can't. You yeah, you can't. gotta, oh, you gotta at least franchise tag him. That. He's in the perfect situation. He's in, Houston. They may cut him. You're not sold on passing yo or Breland speaks. You don't know what you have yet. I mean, D Ford's in a perfect situation. You either get tagged or get a deal somewhere. That is Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. The other voice you heard is Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Thanks so much for coming in, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show. It seemed smart. It seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>